Broadcasting from our studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for the business of Southern sports, or as we like to call it, the boss. The boss is presented by Dirty Girl Mixers. Get your mix fix. And by Rectech Grills. Join the Rectech lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the boss, Roger Maness. And welcome to the Boss Podcast, the business of Southern sports, and we are thrilled to have Eddie Gonzalez as our guest today. Eddie is the truest Atlanta Open Tournament Director. Eddie, how are you? Great to see you, Roger. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Is your family doing okay through the pandemic? Let's talk personal lives first. Everything okay? Two college kids home, learning how to do online classes, and uh, looks like they got through the spring semester with great grades. And so we're all getting through it. Thanks for asking. Well, I have teased other parents who have, you haven't had to do any homeschooling if they're college kids, right? You haven't had to bone up on your algebra or. Thank goodness. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also want to say, um, I said truest Atlanta open correctly. Of course, it's been the BB and T Atlanta open for years, but the bank merger recently has changed the name. So I apologize if I misidentify it later because BB and T is just, you know, flows off the tongue. We'll all have to get used to that. Um, right. So first and foremost, let's talk about the, the horrible news that the, the tournament has had to be canceled for this year. That announcement was made uh, last week. Yeah. Well, yeah, last week was an emotional week uh, for our team, for volunteers, and really anybody associated with the tournament, uh, primarily because you work all year to put on an event that has grown in stature in our community. It's more than just a tennis tournament now. and um, so you just put so much blood, sweat, and tears and, and equity into it and great momentum. I mean, you've been there. You've seen how it's grown over the years, and we take great pride in that. And you talk about truest. I mean, this was but this year, and we're still planning to do it, but just uh, it was going to be a much bigger scale of unveiling the truest name, the truest Atlanta Open this year with BB&T and SunTrust coming together to form the truest name, just like our friends at the Braves with Truest Park now. Secondly is our 10-year anniversary, and so really a chance to celebrate where we've come uh, over the last 10 years, and so uh, what we've tried to communicate is it's not goodbye. It's just a 24-month hiatus instead of a 12-month hiatus. Every year, 12 months flies by, Um, but to give you a little background, uh, of course, the ATP Tour is a global sport, 63 events in 40 countries around the world. And all 200-plus countries have players trying to chase their dreams of being pro tennis players. And things really started March 8th in the tennis world when Indian Wells was canceled, followed by Miami. And that was 10 days before the NBA and the NCAA's decisions on March 18th. Move forward to Wimbledon. Wimbledon then canceled. Uh, And so the ATP Tour's global calendar went on suspension until June 15th. And that put our event on the clock at that point, being a July 25th start date. And the ATP Tour let us know that by May 15th, they would make that decision. So um, just before that last Friday, I got a call from the ATP Tour and would say, let me know at 10 a.m. on Friday the 15th, there'd be a global press release announcing the tour suspension continuing to the end of July. So ultimately that did our fate. Two key things there. One is, as we talked about ATP tour being a global sport, the inability of people to travel internationally, how somebody from Europe, Australia, even Canada, going to get to Atlanta 
the week after Atlanta, go to Los Cabos, Mexico. The week after that, go to Canada. After that, come back to Cincinnati and then end up in New York for the U.S. Open. So just so many decisions we are, are yeah, decisions we don't know. Quarantining, temperature checks. And then on top of that, closer to home, we're still under a governor uh, camp mandate through the end of this week with venues, sporting events, concerts, music festivals. And at that point, it becomes local municipalities to make that decision about reopening those venues. And uh, Mayor Bottoms here in the city of Atlanta is going to be very cautious with that, with a kind of a three-step, three-phase process. Hopefully, we, meaning ATP Tour, ran out of time. We just no longer had time to wait to try to get answers. And again, as we said, the onset, emotional last week, very disappointing, but we understand, we respect the decision. And so, um, any of your listeners out there, you have our team's commitment that 2021 uh, will be even bigger and better. We're committed to making making sure pro tennis in Atlanta is here to stay for the long haul. And, and um, so, anyway, that's the backstory, Roger. Well, you had mentioned the great momentum that the tournament had had over the last decade. In fact, this, and you had touched on the fact this was the 10 year anniversary. Did you have anything special planned? Uh, I think that you might have had a new logo created, things like that. Were there any other things in the works that we're going to miss out on? Or are you just going to maybe use some of it again next year? Well, to back up to 2019, we made a move within Atlantic Station from one parcel to the other. So we went to the Pinnacle lot, which is where the Cirque du Soleil is every year, Foo Fighters concert during the uh, Super Bowl last year. That just gave us a lot more room and shade, air conditioning. So we wanted to uh, build on that momentum. And part of that is moving the stadium closer to the interstate and better visibility. And so those are the things that we had planned to do this year that we'll just have to wait to 2021. How frustrating is that to have this gap in momentum? Uh, it's just over the course of time, the quality of tennis, the the major brands as partners. Um, how frustrating has, has it been? Well, I have to say all of our sponsor partners, um, the players, vendors, staff understand and, you know, there's the old thing, you control, control, and this couldn't be more true now, is controlling what you can control. I, you know, we you lose a lot of sleep trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the questions, the answers that we don't know. And I, I, and I compare COVID-19, being a competitive tennis player, running a pro tennis tournament, COVID, tennis players pride themselves on being able to figure out their opponent, exploit their weaknesses, and hopefully you come out on top in that tennis match. COVID-19 is opponent right now. We haven't figured out its weakness, but we will. And once we do that, then we know 2021 will be bigger and better than ever. As far as the tour goes, the current suspension of play, the, the U.S. Open as of this taping is still scheduled to play, correct? Uh, and, Correct. So, and, the next, so the next key date in the tennis world is June 15th. So the ATP tour will be making a decision on June 15th for the August calendar. And that is also the date that the USTA, the owner of the U.S. Open, has said they plan to um, announce plans for the U.S. Open. And just like the U.S. Open, we went through limited fans, TV only, 
cancellations of scenarios. And that's what the every, every sporting event, that's what you're going through. Those three different hypotheticals. How can you make the, you know, the, the math, the P&L work? And the U.S. Open just has a bigger challenge being in New York City, which was the epicenter for us in the U.S. with COVID-19. Um, the U.S. Open is U.S.'s um, Super Bowl. It's our Super Bowl. And we really want and need the U.S. Open to take place because it really is best for tennis in the U.S. So, so fingers crossed. June 15th, that uh, we have good news about the tour in the U.S. Open. And I guess one of the possibilities, you mentioned all possibilities that are on the table. Maybe they, if they can't play it in its time slot, maybe they push it back. I know the French Open has pushed back. Wimbledon has canceled. So still lots of, lots of scenarios to play out. We'll just wait for June 15th. Um, one of the things, let's talk about the tournament in general, kind of forgetting the pandemic if we can. One of the things that's interesting to me as a fan of the event um, and maybe people who aren't as knowledgeable about the event or who have never attended, maybe they'll they'll uh, like to hear from you on this subject. To me, it's an interesting because you have your established tour successful star veterans, uh, the John Isners of the world, but you also have up and coming these up and coming stars um, that come and play. Just talk about the dynamic of your typical your your field of players and 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 how you maximize that every year as the director. Well, you know, there, there's only 10 ATP events in the U.S., and all the U.S. players love to play in the U.S.-based tournaments. So we love to have all the Americans here. Of course, Atlantic Station, our venue uh, partner, is I'll put Atlantic Station up against any other venue in the world. Having the hotel right there on site, having all the restaurants and shops, the parking, the practice course, of course, great Midtown Skyline views. You've really been a part of our success. And uh, yes, you got Isner who's been on the tour and uh, for gosh, 10 plus years at this point after he got out from your beloved alma mater, University <laughs> of Georgia. Um, but then you got the young guns uh, and your your viewers may not have heard of Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, Riley Opelka. These are four young Americans. Taylor Fritz lost in our finals last year. Riley Opelka was in the semifinals. Uh, Francis has now won his first ATP tour event. And I mentioned those four players because just uh, four short years ago, they won the U.S. Grand Slam. Of t- um, They each won one of the, the majors. So Riley Opelka won Wimbledon Juniors. Taylor Fritz won the U.S. Open Juniors. Tommy Paul won the French Open Juniors. And then Tiafo won the Australian cool that we've got four Americans that are now still only 21 years old. And in the tennis world and the sports world, that's pretty, you know, they've been on tour now three plus. I expect to hear a lot more out of all four of these down the road. Well, it's not just the quality of tennis. You touched on the facility at Atlantic station as a fan. Um, you, you got the underground parking, but there's, there's food it's it's a short walk everywhere there's there's stuff to do before and after tennis which makes you know you drop this this world-class tennis facility right in the middle of this pre-established you know great locale uh and you guys have that down to a science now after all this time um that is an interesting if you could just touch to the fan experience Well, and one of the jokes as a staff is we say is that we turn this parking lot into a world-class tennis tournament, and we do, just like Cirque du Soleil. The difference is our tennis tournament is broadcast in over 100 countries around the world. 
So we get a chance to put the city of Atlanta and state of Georgia on, you know, on the global map. But anybody coming from Metro Atlanta into Atlantic Station, it's easy to get in and get out of Atlantic Station, 7,000 covered spots. And in July, it's hot and humid. So to have your parking, your car and your parking space covered, which is pretty nice. Uh, but as we said, just from the player perspective, same from the fans, having the restaurants and uh, all the shops on site, all the players are very accessible. Uh, and our worst seat in our stadium is 12 rows from the court. So that's like being at a, uh, a courtside box at any other sporting event when you're only 12 rows from the court. Our ticket price started $29 for main draw and $10 for qualifying. So we've got accessibility for every price point uh, that the fans are interested in. Yeah, and it's it's great access via the interstates there, via Northside Drive, MARTA. Um, just a, it's a great location. Um, we talk business on this podcast. I think I read on your website that uh, the economic impact typically is over $10 million to the, uh, to the local community. Um, so if you could touch on your partnerships and the economic development of the tournament. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting, as we said, it's a tennis is a global sport. Our event is broadcast in over a hundred countries around the world. Yeah. The economic impact is really between 15 and 20 million into our community, but, um, Really, the global TV ad value for our partners like Truist, over $30 million. Uh, from a tennis perspective, talking business, the most valuable piece of real estate at a tennis tournament is the back wall, because uh, that's what gets seen the most. Uh, and then another piece of valuable real estate is the net posts. And if you look at any tennis tournament in the world, uh, the net is Emirates. So Emirates Airline is the global airline partner of the ATP Tour, and every ATP event in the world has Emirates as the net post. Our back wall then for uh, last year, BB&T uh, as our title partner, and then First Data as our presenting partner last year, they each received over $20 million just the ad value. But I can tell you that that's all great and good, but 90% of our partners partner with us because of that intimate uh, event experience, that intimate VIP hospitality. And again, being only four, 14 rows from the court, uh, being able to entertain your top clients or prospects in a very intimate setting is the main reason that uh, the Atlanta corporate community has really entrusted us. And that's one thing I'm proud of is you look at our portfolio of brand partners it's the leaders within the Atlanta community. That's something we're, we're very proud of. And one of the things the tournament excels at um, is you, you do these uh, outreach things, especially during the tournament. There's be, there'll be a kids clinic. There'll be things like that. Um, so, so the tournament connects with the community beyond just the event itself. Could you touch on that, which you normally do? And are you able to maybe salvage any of that here through the, through the pandemic? Are you doing any outreach things with your partners? Roger, thanks for bringing that up because, uh, yeah, we're one of 63 men's ATP tour events uh, around the world. Uh, but we're the only men's tournament in the world that kicks off with a women's exhibition. And we do that because of our commitment to diversity and inclusion. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, fans of, of women's tennis and something we can talk about later on too is that Atlanta is the number one tennis city in the world. 
And uh, that's because of a lot of credit goes to Alton, the USTA. Yes, we got great warm weather and you can play tennis year round. You can play Alton in the spring and the fall and USTA in the summer and the winter. And there's 300,000 people, according to Scarborough Research, that play tennis in Atlanta, on Metro Atlanta on a regular basis. But doing the women's exhibition on our first Sunday night is something we're very proud of. We started just this past year having our first diversity and tennis networking event in which we had representatives from a lot of our key partners uh, come in for a lunch in which our fans could then just talk how DNI plays a factor at each of these companies and how tennis is playing a role there. Um, another really unique thing we're proud of was that we're the only men's tournament in the world that has a dedicated college night in which we kind of call our Rocky Balboa of tennis in which a student athlete from either Georgia, Georgia Tech gets to play for real at night as our feature match. And we do that because we want our youth to come and dream. We want them to dream of playing high school tennis, college tennis, or heaven forbid, in our ATP event one day. And so that's something that we do. And then we also have a, you know, a dedicated military appreciation day and folded flag foundation has been our military charity benefactor. So nine days, but every day we have a different theme along the same lines of what we're talking about. So thanks again for bringing that up. That's something we're also very proud of. Well, and you also, on an annual basis, you recognize a champion of the community. Um, you know, you reach out, whether it's a, an Andrew Young or Nathan Deal, things like that over the years. Um, that's always a great thing to do. Just connecting your event to the community is fantastic. On the front end, you know, our first weekend is Kids Weekend. And compliments of Cigna, one of our great corporate partners, kids to come, get to come for free. All they need is an adult to bring them for supervision, but um, kids get to come for free. You fast forward to then our finals, which we call our Champions Day, our Truest Champions. And thanks to Truest, and we honor a champion of our community each year. Again, as you said, Governor Deal, we've had Andrew Young, Warwick Dunn, and what he does for single mothers. Um, Sam Massell, uh, who was very instrumental in bringing the Olympics to Atlanta, um, Alana Shepard from the Shepherd Center. So, so many great uh, community leaders that each year we can try to recognize and honor one of those. Yeah, you, you can't beat free, by the way. You mentioned the, the kids free thing, but just the, con- the connectivity that the event has to to local not only local businesses but just the community is fantastic hey, your deal with your deal with atlantic station this was year two of a five year is that correct year that we just finished year one of five and 19 uh so 2020 would have been year two of five uh and we've we've had conversations with them we certainly are very transparent and forthright about the decision letting them know ahead of time what was coming as we did with all of our partners but we've had conversations with them. Look, as long as uh, you see a role for our tournament here, we love to stay here. Uh, and they love us being here. Look, you know, we bring 40,000 people over nine days to eat, drink, shop, and park at Atlantic Station. And we're a, we're a great partner for them to create a, a global awareness that we talked about with the, the TV reach that we have. But then, you know, again, having on site, Right from the tennis, maybe go to Dillard's, do a little shopping, come up on front row, grab a little something to eat, and come back to the tennis. So we we hope that we can stay here as long as it's a win-win for both. 
Are you able during this pandemic, while it caught us all off guard and we were, everybody was hoping that the next sporting event would be there, and, but obviously this one had to be canceled, have, have you been able to kind of take a step back, look at some big picture stuff to you taking advantage of the time to help with 2021 prep is the, I guess, the ultimate question I'm trying to ask. Well, I'll start with 2020, and you asked this earlier. We won't go dark. I mean, we will continue to communicate with our audience on our website, on our social media, on our database, uh, email database, et cetera, because it's still our 10-year anniversary, and we still plan to have some fun and recognize, uh, you know, volunteers been with us over that 10-year time frame and and other audiences that we want to recognize, and we'll have some fun fan engagement along, along the way. Um, but as we look to 2021, um, there's still a lot of questions that other sporting events are going to help pave the way for us. Uh, are we going to have to do temperature checks at the entrance? Are we going to have to issue masks? Are people going to have to show up and prove they've been tested? Are we going to have to do testing on site? Um, and as we see what's happening with the potential uh reintroduction of baseball with no fans starting maybe July 4th. You're hearing about the NBA and MLS potentially doing their seasons down in Orlando. Um, The NFL, (coughs) excuse me, college football, 25% seating separation. So all those things that um, as much as we're disappointed, we're not going to be able to go in 2020, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot. And then on top of that, if we find out a a vaccination or some sort of um, um, antivirus fight against COVID-19 before next year, hopefully time will give us a lot of answers to questions that we still have. All right, Eddie, I appreciate your time. Um, Very informative. I'm so sorry that the tournament has been canceled. Uh, I know you are too, and so is the Atlanta tennis community, because as you mentioned, number one tennis city in the world from participation, right? So um, everybody loves tennis down here in Atlanta. Uh, Again, that's the truest Atlanta Open tournament director, Eddie Gonzalez. The tournament next year is scheduled for July 24th through August 1st, 2021. Is that correct? I expect to see you in the media tennis tournament the week before. So you got a year to get your game ready. Uh, that's a, that makes me a year older. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, what's the website for people who just kind of want to start following your tournament or, or Facebook addresses and things like that. Uh, Atlanta open tennis.com. Okay. And of course your own social media. So again, that's Eddie Gonzalez, the truest Atlanta open tournament director. Thanks for listening to the boss podcast. As we have been discussing the business of Southern sports, I'm Roger Manus. Thanks again. The boss has been brought to you by dirty girl mixers. Get your mix fix and by rec tech girls join the rec tech lifestyle. The boss podcast is a copyrighted presentation of big dog productions incorporated. You can find us online at big dog For more episodes of the boss, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or log on to the boss podcast.net. <laughs>